Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast, and this is an episode with Gabriel Rutledge. I recorded this episode, uh, and you're going to find this out over the next couple weeks, but I recorded this episode on a drive to Arlington, Washington, which was conveniently about two hours to get there, another hour to get home. So uh, we're going to make three episodes out of this because I'm having my tonsils removed on Tuesday. And so this is all, everything that's happening on this podcast from the time you hear it was recorded in the past. So if something changed, uh, these episodes have been, they're preordained. They are, uh, they're already, they're already uploaded before I get my tonsil surgery. So um, if something changed, we, you know, we got honest and real and all that stuff. If you don't like them, just know that the next three weeks are this. <laughs> so take three weeks off the podcast. Uh, the, the guest, like I said, is Gabriel Rutledge. We were in my car driving safely. I have a, I had a recorder attached to the dashboard so that we didn't have to hold mics or anything stupid like that. Um, you know, we got into it. We got into comedy stuff. We got into like real world stuff. It's going to be broken into, I think, three parts. So if it's three parts, they're going to each be about an hour long. And I don't know exactly where they're going to cut off. I'm going to try to find like a natural cutoff spot. So uh, follow. Oh, this is the big thing. And actually, this will be convenient to promote this three weeks in a row. But Gabe and I are in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, June 4th and 5th. Um, and then if you live in Missoula, Montana, he'll be there June 6th. If you live in Spokane, Washington... I'm headlining Spokane Comedy Club June 6th. Please come out to that by the way. Like I'm going to I'm going to try to get a good booking video out of that, but the uh money potential for us is much much higher at, in Coeur d'Alene. So come out to all those shows. If you come out to see us in Coeur d'Alene, I'll be doing more material in Spokane, so uh it won't be the complete same show. And if you uh come to see me in Spokane, if you plan on coming to see me in Spokane, um, yeah, you're going to get, some, and you go to Coeur d'Alene, you're going to get some of the same shit. Follow Gabe on, uh, social media. He is at Gabe Rutledge on Twitter. And then he's, I think Gabriel Rutledge on TikTok, where he's doing pretty well. He's also got a podcast called the Rutledges that he does with his wife. And, uh, I guess I'm just going to use this intro for all of the podcasts. So if, if it says part one, it's the first hour of our drive. If it says part two, it's the uh, second hour of our drive. And if it says part three, it's the time that we're coming home. And if you're listening to that, uh, there's we had uh, the battery died on the recorder. 
So I recorded on my phone for the last like 15 minutes and it was, it's, that doesn't sound great, but I, you know, it, it extends the conversation. Uh, it ends at a weird point. I did listen to that part. It ends at a weird point. So anyway, please check my stand updates at the com slash calendar. I'm all over the Northwest in the coming months. Please, uh, listen, uh, you know, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow me on social media at the Casey McLean across all platforms. Thank you for listening. And in a couple weeks, I'll be back live and in the flesh, hopefully without a, uh, a persistent sore throat. All right. Thank you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, what, what did you, how old were you when you had kids? Uh, 28. Oh, okay. What was I at? 32. Does it feel like whatever age you are now, you're 47? Seven. That that doesn't seem like 47. What, my vision of 47 20 years ago, like, you're dead. Yeah. Well, that's a thing that I didn't realize is just in the same way that you're like, <clears throat> you know, my son is 18 and thinking about his future and Obviously, he will change wildly as, you know, I mean, 18 to 25 is pretty extreme. It's a pretty wild time. But it's, it's, I always thought at some point, when I thought about when I'm an adult, I thought at some point I would have that feeling of like, I'm an adult and I feel like an adult and I feel, and it never fucking happens. I mean, I still feel like I'm playing house and I'm 47. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's. So much of when you're like, I remember when my wife and I moved in together, I was like, felt like I was doing an impression of a man. Yes. Yes, especially sexually, right? <laughs> Is this what a man would do? <laughs> I'm asking her. In your previous experience. Yeah. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? But you know where the shit, like, where you're like, not like I was fucking taking on all comers, but like where you're like, Am I supposed to be acting tough here? Yes. Absolutely. I guess I can. Uh, I would prefer not to. I'd like to just resolve this peacefully. But Yeah, there, there, there is a... And you feel the weight of those things, especially like, you know, March 2020 when the, the world shuts down and I'm in a business that shut down. That stuff kind of weighs on you where you're like, oh, this... Of course, it's never just about me when I have a wife and three children, but I'm right. like, oh, fuck, I got to get my family through a potential crisis. Yeah. You know, I guess it, it is, was, it isn't crisis, but it's like, to the point where like, oh, this, you know, there was, there was talk of like, is it Great Depression time? Is it, right. you know, uh, so it was like, oh, fuck, I didn't want to, but that's like, I am... I'll stick with it. I was going to say I am the man of my family. I second-guessed that, but no, that's how I feel. Well, no, that's... I think the thing about that, though, is we can want things to be different, but the problem I have is when we can't acknowledge the way things are. Like, my wife, the other day, uh, she's like, you prefer, you would prefer if you made more money than me, huh? And I was like, no. But she's not completely wrong. Like, I'm giving her 60% now. Yeah. And there's also... And and, uh, the reason this came up is because we've, like, in our lives traded off who's making more money. Mm -hmm. Like, it's we're very close in 
income, and if you include comedy this year, I will probably have make more money than her. If you exclude comedy, I will probably make about the same. But there is a part of your ego that's like, I am fucking providing for my family. When my yeah. wife and I first started date or first started living together, she was a. It's also gonna reveal how much of a pussy I am, but um, she was a student doing her student teaching as a teacher and I we like found an apartment that she loved and that I was like we can't afford and so we got it and uh, it's called compromise case yeah and then I was like at one point so she found out I made like $36,000 a year and uh, at one point she goes we were talking about money because I had like blown through my savings on just like the silliest stuff we moved to Tacoma and it was like we probably spent like 1500 bucks on frozen yogurt because a frozen yogurt place was right across yeah. the street in like the first six months. And I'm like, we got to stop doing that because it's kill. And she's like, well, how much money do you make? And I was like, I make $36,000 a year. So $3,000 a month, about 800 is taxes. She's like, wait, what do you mean 800 is taxes? And I'm like, yeah, the that's like my pre-tax income is 33 or $36,000. She's like, nobody says pre-tax income. I'm like, no. Everybody says pre-tax income. They just don't say it, but that's what you say. Yeah. 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 So she, this whole time, had me making, like, whatever, like, 20% more right. in her mind than I made. But I'm also, yeah, so that, but there is a thing where you're like, yeah, I'm buying my, my wife breakfast, or I'm buying, you know. Do you think, did you give it back to her, though? Would she prefer if you made more money? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing. Well, that's kind of loaded because every family would say, yeah, let's take more money. Yeah. But I don't think that she and I would venture to say that, and I think it's created by society, not by anything else, of course. But uh, I don't think that there is like a pressure on women to make more money than their spouse in any way. I think there is societal pressure on men. Even the wokest man probably feels sure. that pressure. It's like, I the other a uh, couple weeks ago, Travis Nelson told me he actually he thought I'd have been a stay-at-home dad this whole time, which is hilarious because you know, our daughter isn't even two years old. <laughs> so like, who the fuck was I fathering I was before that? Getting the house ready. Yeah. <laughs> so he thought I was a stay-at-home dad, and I'm like, dude, you will never meet someone who has like. There's nobody doing comedy, I would bet, that's worked more hours to my age. To, sure. To like, I mean, may, maybe, but it's like, and done more comedy, right? Like, I've I've had, like, at least a full-time job, if not multiple jobs, plus a full-time, you know, one of them being a full-time job, since I was 18 years old, and tried to do, like, tried and failed to do many creative things. The fact that I've had a full-time job that whole time probably didn't help those creative things. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I totally think that's, uh, it's like not, the this is the way things are now. Now, when my sister is like, uh, I'm like decently accomplished professionally. My sister like blows me out of the water. She's, I don't know what she makes. I don't want to know because I don't want to, I got another fucking woman I have to make more money than in my life. Uh, I don't want to know what the exact number is. I will is. not rest until every woman. <laughs> <laughs> until I make more than every woman in the world. 
I either have to, every woman I care about, I either have to stop caring about them. Uh, but her, like, her boyfriend makes less than her. And so, in my mind, I can say I would like it if my daughter grew up in a time where men were, she wasn't judged for having a partner that made uh, less money than her. And then, the same exact brain, I go... Well, I'd like it if my sister's boyfriend made more money than her. That would be good. Shouldn't he be the man and make more money than her? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of this, too, in terms of even the beginning of a relationship. Like, you know, fast forward, my daughters are in their 20s. They're dating, um, uh, I'm going to say a man. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. Fucking, if you want to, if, Gabe... If all of my wife efforts fail and they are heterosexual, uh, I will respect their decision. <laughs> Was the effort to turn them gay or just to make men it's, so unappealing? <laughs> it's just, it's not, I tease my wife about that because she's so like, like, you know, if my son Johnny brings up the idea of dating a woman, he does not have a girlfriend, but like some, sometime my wife will be like, you know, or a, or a man, I'm like, he's 18. We have to respect his choice at this point, yeah. don't we? You know. But okay, let's say okay, my whatever. My daughter's twenty-five. They're dating uh, their new boyfriend. I'm like, what's their job? And they go, actually, he's unemployed. I go, God damn it! Right now, my son's twenty-five. He's like, I just got a new girlfriend. What'd she do for a living? She's unemployed. Who gives a shit? I know. Who gives a fuck? Good for you, buddy. So there is, perhaps that's my own internalized misogyny, perhaps it's just biology, but it's, there is a thing, look, there is a thing to that, there is a, there are, it's not the same um, in my own brain. I think about it in these terms too, and this is kind of fucked up, maybe, but my daughter is, uh, I think about like when she's going to fall off of something, or like bump her head or whatever. My wife has said that she's like, if she was a boy, you would just let her take the fucking bruise. And I'm like, God, I think you're right. To be honest yeah, with you. yeah, yeah. Well, they're, but that, you know, some of those same things are the, some of those like must protect the woman, must provide for the woman, are the same reason the woman likes you. Right. So it is, it is, sort of complicated. There is something to like the most enlightened male in the world is fairly unfuckable. Yes. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it, like every woman wants a good listener, and they want. I feel like I am a decent listener, uh, but it, it. But at the same time, it's like if you become, if you, if everything about you becomes sort of the same as your spouse, yeah. then what is the, even the point of the connection between the two of you? If right. it's just, and it's also. Uh, you know, I but some of it's me, like because but you know my wife, I'm a fairly sensitive guy. I've been known to, uh, I've been known to uh, tear up on occasion. Um, uh, once I broke both my legs and a single tear went down my cheek. No, <laughs> but it's like I sometimes I'm like, like my wife says she wants a sensitive guy, but sometimes I'm like, oh she thinks I'm a pussy right now, and I don't. I think that's me. That yeah. I'm I'm bringing that to the table. Uh, you know, this is my very, uh, you know, I've never, uh, just how the roles break down as you and I sometimes talk about, uh, 
you know, we're sort of similar in many ways. Uh, but <laughs> this sounds so bad. In a lesbian relationship, who's the person who says calm the fuck down? Should we call one up? Let's go. Let's I, <laughs> does that just break down into a role of like that will be someone who's supposed to be like, no, okay, I know, things are crazy, let's break it. <clears throat> does that just naturally break down? Or I, I have the same question of, of, of two gay men, but I just feel like I, most traditional heterosexual couples, the man is the one who's like, perhaps uh, emotionally unavailable, but also like, all right, take calm it steady down, hand. steady hand, yeah. we'll get through this. And like, it's, I just feel like if both people are like, this is bad, it's even worse than you think. Yeah. Like, wow, that's stressful. I believe this is true. And it, you're going to hear it and go like, oh, that's weird. And then you, if you think about it for like two seconds, you'll be like, oh, that actually kind of makes sense. I believe the highest rate of domestic violence in a demographically is lesbian relationships. Really? And so I think here's the thing. First off, this is reported domestic violence. I think oh, that Oh, interesting. I think that that doesn't mean that like the the you're saying for gay guys it's foreplay? <laughs> well, well <laughs> I don't I don't know what the deal with gay like I don't know what the why it's not gay guys. I could see it being if it was gay guys, I'd be like, "Oh, that makes sense." Cuz it's two men. Right. It's two of the biggest you would think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because because men are violent. Yes. Men are more violent. We can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fucking fantastic. I don't know if he ever did it, but I heard Joe Mackey do this joke where he's like uh he's like uh women make up or we we want equality for women in this country. Women only make up 4% of all police shootings. I think that we need to start shooting more women and it like what a funny observation and obviously like a like a dark fucking mystery yeah. etc but uh but yeah i think we can all agree the gen in gender differences men are more violent but i think that men are rightfully trained to not beat the shit out of women and most of us are pretty good at not beating yeah. the shit out of women of course there's like horror stories yeah but when there is not that gender imbalance dynamic sex imbalance dynamic is probably the more accurate whatever more, yeah. more politically correct term I think that you uh, I could see those people being like like who who's at fault because when we look at a domestic violence situation and it's a man and a woman if a woman's hitting a man that guy we call him a pussy for not for reporting it like we're like oh you're like that's a joke like when Montel has men on who are abused by their female spouses yeah. like like that's we laugh at that yeah that's a that's a novel that's like a I mean a we spectacle. shouldn't but we do. no I agree yeah, I yeah. agree again it's like we could talk about how we want things to be but how they are is we laugh at that that guy and then the the when it's a man we always assume when the man is the the aggressor we assume that it's his fault but in a same-sex relationship yeah whose fault is it see I think same-sex relationship it's going to be like a elementary school playground where the bigger kid gets in trouble. Sure. Like, if even if the little kid started the fight, it's like, well, this giant kid is beating up this little kid. So, I, you know. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's actually like an interesting, I've heard uh, my buddy Mike Yard, 
New York comedian my yard on a podcast. <laughs> I actually don't know if it was him or uh, John Lasseter. It was one of those two guys on the Comedy Cellar podcast. They were talking about George Floyd. And it wasn't only like, they were like, not only was he black, which makes people wrongly assume he's aggressive with all, you know, all of the, uh, like, prejudice and racism that causes people to, but he's also huge. He's a fucking yes. huge guy. And there is a prejudice against big men. Yeah. Big dudes people assume are violent. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> to, the, to the point that when they're not, they're called a gentle giant. Yes. Like no one ever says like gentle short guy. Like, right. you know what I mean? There's never like that tiny gentleman. Over there. I think we used to have a word we could say for that guy, but uh, we're not allowed to say it anymore. Well that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's human nature. If you're a cop and you roll up and you see a giant person, you're probably going right. to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, even maybe, like, you're like, again, it's like, I mean, not even maybe. I think that your pattern recognition in your life is if this guy gets mad at me, he's going to do more damage to me, so I need to preemptively stop him, yeah. whereas, like, a five-foot-one woman... Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if, that's kind of one of those things, like, I some of that stuff we start splitting hairs on the expectations of human nature, and it's like, again, it's that thing, we should talk about the way things should be, but also recognize the way they are, where it's like, you're not going to change this thing overnight, so let's start talking about, like, incremental <clears throat> progress yeah. while we talk about the end goal also, you know? I used to, I had a very early joke about every fight I've almost been in it's because there was a four foot ten girl right next to me going fuck you <laughs> just screaming at people and I'm like they're not gonna hit you what yeah. the fuck are you doing the uh okay I this is we're getting into wild territory now oh god we we invoke the name George Floyd what uh Rubber bullets seem like they would stop most. Like, if police... I want to see, like, a real study on this, but, like, how many... I also believe rubber bullets can be fatal. There's a, That shit's always called, like, less lethal or whatever. Yeah. But, like, how many of these things... This is what I'm saying about incremental progress, is you go, like... You go, like, uh, well, what we really want is the police to not shoot these people. And I'm like, I agree. However... What if we gave them rubber bullets and they killed way less people and See, got the same results? That's okay. This is interesting to me because in the way that the, there's there's a coronavirus happened and the world came together scientifically, chemically, <clears throat> uh, pharmaceutically, mm -hmm. and in a fucking year, they made a vaccine. I was thinking about that in regards to police violence or any issue. You know, if we didn't have to wait till it got to this point to think about, you know, the maybe this is by, from watching sci-fi or whatever, but there has to be a better technology. There has to be a better technology because even the taser, they're like, well, the problem with the taser is it doesn't incapacitate them. 
necessarily. Well, they only get one shot. They only get one shot. And, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm half joking, but just like the Star Trek stun gun or like, just like, let's assume the guy, technology-wise, let's assume the person holding the weapon is the biggest racist you've ever met in your life. What weapon would you give them? Right. And then also assume they're not, and what weapon would you give them so they can maintain safety? Yeah. But, like, it's got to be a better way than the, basically the same fucking guns we've been doing forever. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think the thing that you do, that you run the risk... What I would like to see is a study where you go, like... Because this is the problem. Is it's everything so... This is the one and only problem. I'm going to solve it right now. All right. There's this is the very simple issue. That's actually my most... The thing that bothers me the most is when people try to boil every problem in society down to one solution like well if we just I mean and I said rubber bullets I, I don't believe that's the final yeah that's not the ultimate solution final solution is probably right I'd rather get there. I'd rather get shot the rubber bullet I'm just putting it out there right now <laughs> if I had to choose between bullets like what so if basically every year a thousand people get shot and killed by the police in the United States if we could reduce that number to 500 that doesn't mean we don't still have a problem. And also, I am certain that it would still have the same racial disproportionate, the racially disproportionate outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. But if we could reduce that number by five by 500, and if we could come up with a study that said, like, and two cops, two cops additionally would die in combat with, uh, you know, whatever, a suspect each year. Well, I think that's, like, a pretty good trade-off. Well, yeah, but it's, that's, a, that's a way that we're not comfortable talking, and that has been proven by coronavirus, right. is, is that balance of, like, a somewhat normal functioning society versus how many people will die if we do that. Right. And that's a very uncomfortable... What is it in insurance? Is it called actuary tables? Is that what I'm talking Actuarial, about? Actuarial, yeah. Uh, where, you know, where they really have to, you know, steady things of that nature. And it's, I, I think we would be better off looking at a lot of problems, honestly, like that, uh, mm -hmm. to be, and also you don't have to be a cop. You can get the new information that's like, a couple more of us are going to die now. Uh, right. I'm not going to sign up or I'm going to quit or I'm going to, you know, it is. Well, it's not, and it's not fucking horse trading, right? Like we're still working towards a solution yeah. where yeah, not yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's try to find a solution where those cops don't die too. That's the thing to me is where it's become like wrongfully on both sides. I think some people would go, well, why would we let two cops die for 500 criminals to live? And people would, some people would go, I don't give a fuck, kill 10 more cops. And I think both those people are insane. Yeah. I mean, there's a very good chance of those 500 quote-unquote criminals that at least two of them are not criminals, right? Like, they're, yes. it's a speeding ticket or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Obviously, I think it's even way more than two of those people are going to not be criminals. For sure. Or it's like, you know, there's that popular take of like, hey, you don't want to get shot? Just obey the law. And you're like, well... We don't want to live in a country where just breaking any law means execution. Right. That's preposterous. Right. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have expired tabs then. What are we talking about? Yeah, and that same guy, the same guy that's like, well, don't break law. He's like, 
and he'll be like, uh, well, if we get universal health care, it's our, it's our one-way trip to fucking Marxism, and, and, right. you know, it's like, you know, they, that's the thing, is like, everything, all we do in this, and you said something about, like, you kind of, and I, I'm happy to joke about it also, but you joked about seeing both sides of the issue. It's, it's, oh, no, I'm good. This lane is bustling. Yeah. But I, I, first off, I think it's very valuable to see both sides of the issue. That's like, I, I hate the thing where they're like, oh, it's a both, we put ism on the end of anything. They're like, oh, you want a both sides-ism this, or whatever, or what about-ism? Uh, and it's like, well, okay. Yeah. But the problem I have is when we just assume that everybody in the country that disagrees with us has to be crazy and evil. Yes. We're not in a healthy place. No, we're not. And it's also... You know, some of it, it's, we also have to, we have to admit there's a problem. We also have to admit it's an extremely difficult job to be a police officer. We have to make split second decisions. Right. And it's like George Floyd, I mean, fucking racist people thought that was too far. Yeah, literally Rush Limbaugh went on The (laughs) Breakfast Club and was like, that was a murder. I mean, that was so preposterous. That was just so horrific. Yeah. Uh, and there's been plenty of other ones that were like, even though it was split second decisions, it was like just terrible, you know, just shooting people in front of their family when they got pulled. Remember that one guy in Minnesota? There's many people in Minnesota at this point, but anyway. I think it was Philando Castillo. Yes, exactly. The, you know, the fucked up thing about that specifically is that the NRA, if they were trying to pretend to be anything other than this like special interest lobbyist group, in favor of Republicans. They should have been so fucking hard after the police yes. for shooting that guy. A, a, a legal gun owner. Yes. It, and it, But see, now the thing of it is, is like you watch, there's many things, even video can be misleading because you don't sure. see the beginning or wherever, but so you go like, that was clearly bad. And then, you know, the, the most, one of the more recent ones was the teenage girl yeah. who was about to stab someone. And you're like, well, hey, that looks a lot more complicated. That yeah. who knows? I mean, that kind of seems like he didn't have a choice. And you know, I don't know all the information, but I'm just saying. The ACLU tweeted that that was a murder. The fucking ACLU, the American Civil Liberties U, Union. Yes. <laughs> and I think I think that sort of <laughs> what the fuck does it stand yeah. for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I put the U in ACLU. <laughs> Uh, that it that sort of like it's so distracting really to both sides but I only care about my side it's <laughs> it's very distracting to any issue to be like we need to reform policing in some way clearly there's these problems outside of race there's problems yeah uh, and and then to but then when you just blanket every single thing, every decision a cop makes is the wrong one. Uh, that was a murder. Well, I, or did he prevent a murder? Right. You know, so to be like, to be as mad about that as the George Floyd, I'm like, now we're, not only do I think you're being disingenuous, you're hurting the cause. Yeah. You're hurting the cause of, uh, and that's not just that issue, that's any issue where neither there's no nuance on any side so it's, it's it's just like that's you know much I mean we've said this every time we hung out but it's like it's in the way that when I was a kid you did not question 
your beliefs. Mm-hmm. This is just what you. Well, what about? Shh, 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 shh. That's that's what that's what these issues are now. You know, and so that's why it's so it's so hard to we. Uh, <clears throat> But doesn't it kind of... The thing that fucks me up or that's fucked up about right now is... I think back then you could go like, oh, these evangelical Christians are uh, brainwashed and are so dogmatic. And then now it's just like everybody's dogmatic. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's like... it's like I'm, I go like... I mean, we've talked about this. If, we, if we've talked about that every time, we've talked about this twice every time, <laughs> which is that like... Like, I'm like the fucking I'm embarrassed by liberals a lot by the way that they respond to shit it's like like the the shit you know we go like it's so amazing that we live in a time of technology where somebody was able to videotape this atrocious act and it's making it is the catalyst for just enormous change in this country that's fucking great it's horrible that that happened but the fact that it was on video, the Ahmad Arbery thing in Georgia, and the the uh, oh, maybe there's not another one that was on video as badly, but I think maybe the you know even the lady in uh, in uh, Ohio that was stabbing the that's on video also, and it's like that is amazing that we live in this time. In the same way that it's like you're like the Me Too movement is an amazing moment in our history. The fact that women have felt empowered, have become empowered to speak out against their abusers is fucking amazing. But we have to be very careful to not be executing everyone in the streets that disagrees or that that uh, commits a smaller crime in the same category, right? Well, it's interesting because... To that, the, when things like George Floyd happen, we go, thank God we live in a time there's video also. Can you imagine what was not captured on video? Exactly. That's why it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But thank God that was on video. That's the only... Because they would have written a police report that would have right. looked not as bad as what happened. It would have been whatever. When you see the police reports for Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and then see the video... You're like, oh, these guys didn't give a fuck about whether they, like, and, I, and I, I think that, like, he got convicted of murder. It seemed like he rightfully got convicted of murder. Whether you believe he intentionally or didn't intentionally kill that guy. Right. The police reports really, I think, really exemplify how little they gave a fuck about those two men. <clears throat> but see, now... We say thank God we get to see that. Not that it happened, of course, but like thank God we thank God we get to see this evidence. That cop who sadly shot the girl who was about to stab someone. I can't remember the names. Yeah, me either. But that guy, that cop right now is like, thank God it was on video. Yeah. If that wasn't on video, I my life could be over. So it's like <clears throat> it's uh that swing of like, thank God someone saw me kill someone at my job because they will realize <laughs> I didn't yeah. have a choice or at least was not, you know, premeditated murder of some type. That's that's pretty wild to me that like, 
it's uh but it's you know it's hard because it's it's you know it's probably easy it's easy for me to be like well there's good cops blah 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 there's when I'm not I'm not the person who is in those communities I'm not the person who's you know that's not yeah uh well, to, to go back to, like, the thing we started this with, which is the Mariner's tweet, uh, I was, I almost tweeted this today, and I don't, uh, I've kind of made a commitment to only try to make jokes on Twitter, because I got too <laughs> political in the, like, run-up to and after the election, Yeah, and I don't, I didn't like it, and I'm, I don't even care if I lost followers, I didn't like, I'm not proud of anything that I tweeted. Yeah, and it, it's also the, uh when the replies start getting weird, you're like, this isn't the world I want to be in. Right. Especially, like, I have some opinions that are, like, maybe, you know, a little right of my, uh, my comrades. <laughs> but I, uh, but not right of center. Right. And the, when people, like, uh, unsavory characters start agreeing with you, you're like, wait, did I fuck up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I always tweeted this, the, the person, I kind of am, uh, I think, like, white privilege, whatever is... I, the, problem, the problem with the way we talk about racism, in my opinion, is that we talk about systemic racism and then we just exclusively use examples of individual racism. And so uh, systemic racism is this thing, like, over generations that's caused an enormous gap, and it's completely undeniable, in my opinion. It's <laughs> e echoes of, of slavery and Jim Crow, like, still exist, and we need to fix that problem. I'm a solutions-oriented person. It's part of the reason my wife gets annoyed with me. I'm always thinking of a solution. I'm, I'm not trying to... Uh, uh, I'm not, Oh, God. Commiserate over the issue. Yeah. And uh, so... Um, I think... So, to me, white privilege is like... Yes, many more white people are more wealthy. Yes, many... Because of that, many white people have these, like, less... But we... we we conflate class privilege and white privilege without any regard for either. And I, I think you'd have a very hard time convincing like a, a desperately poor person in Flint, Michigan, that's white, that they have white privilege. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that part of the thing is you have to convince that person because all of poor white people vote Republican. All of poor black people vote Democrat. Why? Yeah. Why is that? So, uh, uh, to, this is getting to a point which is this person said on that Mariner's post like Jim Crow would be I think he meant to say a different phrase but he he said Jim Crow would be reveling in his grave I think he meant rolling over in his grave or something like that no I don't know anyways he was comparing it to Jim Crow the, the Mariner's uh, fully vaccinated section to Jim Crow segregation and I think uh, the the most egregious example of white privilege is being able to compare something to Jim Crow without having to consider the fact that your family has been affected by Jim Crow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. I'm, and, and I'm normally like, I don't really think that it's like, a lot of times I don't like the shit where it's like, they go, well, I don't want to hear the opinion of a white guy on this thing and it's like well yeah but he's like a college professor like he's a fucking scholar I mean I don't want a freshman shouting down a professor no matter what color either of them are 
I know what I was like when I was 19, and I think that person's probably much stupider than they will end up being. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and, uh, but in this case, it's like, if you're going to compare what the Mariners are doing by allowing some fans to be in a section where they feel safe, uh, it's, there's not a black vaccinated section. Right. Like, it doesn't even, I don't know. It's, you know, that's what, the vaccinations is complicated too because like you know I when people are talking about vaccine passports or whatever and blah 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 it's like yeah there's some uncomfortable things but I'm also like hey if we can open up comedy clubs to 100% capacity and just say you have to be vaccinated can we fucking do that two weeks ago please Yeah. like I want the world back I want things to regain to normal I want you know and so it is, it's, uh, but it is happening and it's not, that's another thing about all these, uh, free market capitalist people is the reason the vaccine, the reason you're going to probably end up getting a vaccine, even if you don't want to, is capitalism. Right. Because you're going to be like, oh, I want whatever. I want to go to Europe or I want to go to Disneyland or I want to, uh, uh, I want to go to this concert or, and that's not the government. That's. Right. Ticketmaster or whoever the fuck it is, you know, so it is, it's, yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable to be like, it's even on a personal level uncomfortable right now. I was somewhere last night and what an open, well, I was actually a Twitch streaming show, but I treated it like an open mic, uh, in, in Olympia where I live and Sam Miller, who, you know, was there, he invited me and like we get, I get there and Sam's like, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, me too. We just, we start talking, we have a conversation and it's like, that even that it's fine because I know Sam but like if you don't know someone I want to ask them have you been vaccinated because I don't want to wear my fucking mask anymore yeah that's fair and but it's also it feels very invasive to be like show me the V on your chest so we can be human to each other you know yeah I kind of it's kind of funny because everyone's like trust the science and then the CDC and the our government our local governments like well you can do this stuff and they're like well you still shouldn't even though the science says it's okay and then like the, the what, you're doing a show in uh, Montana that I was that I was uh, involved in the booking of I guess is a funny way of putting it I guess anyway that that guy I'm friends with the guy that you dealt with yeah and I was like I said something, I was like, yeah, we'll be fully vaccinated by then. And he's like, well, you can still give it to me. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Technically, if you were vaccinated, I could still give it to you. But it's a 96% reduction in contraction. Yeah. And a 50% reduction upon contraction of transmission. So if I go mask-free and make out with you, we're like 98% reduction by my math of it being transmitted to you. And then also like once you're vaccinated and I'm vaccinated, I believe it is 100% uh essentially 100%. I'm sure they're going to there's 11 people that'll die and then you know yeah. those people will get propped up as this example. By the way, how hypocritical of uh these like shootings, unarmed shootings of black and white people are incredibly rare by the police. And we prop those people up, they become the entire media narrative for years. Mm-hmm. 
And then we're mad when people are like, well, 22 people died from the vaccine. And then those people get, they're like, well, don't prop those people up. That's, that's such a small number. That's true. Both sides are hypocritical and I am too sometimes. Right. Well, and at least like, I think you admit it or you go like, you like are willing to claim ignorance before or after you are wrong. Well, what's hypocritical about people who don't want to get vaccinated right now is they seem very worried about (laughs) something going wrong if you get a vaccine. Right. But they don't seem worried that 550,000 people died in this country and they're literally burning bodies in India right now. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that's a different strain or whatever. But it's still, it's like that, the the 550,000 people who died, it's like the flu. Stop being a pussy. The fucking anecdotal evidence that your grandma got her period all of a sudden after 20 years. (laughs) That's a concern. So either they're all concerns, but that's also hypocritical of the people who are as pro-trust the science as you can get. Is it's like part of part of science? Science changes. That's why science doesn't. It's not supposed to have an agenda. <clears throat> so when the science is like, take your mask off outside, and people are like, I'm not gonna do that, and you're like, right. wait, well, you got that sign in your yard? Right. That's my point. Is that <laughs> nobody actually trusts the science. No. They trust the politics. Yes. Which is the worst thing you can trust. Yeah. And so like, yeah. To me, when I go like, like, I mean, I'll, I'm still gonna wear a mask. My, I, my wife put it really great the other day. She's like, I will still wear a mask out of respect for other people yes. who aren't vaccinated or who feel anxiety, but I'm not worried anymore. And I feel that way. Like, I'm... Honestly, I don't even give a fuck if you were vaccinated or not. I made that... I made the... Look, there's science. There's science and math behind us feeling this way. But when I got vaccinated, I'm like... I'm done with the fear. I'm yeah. done with the fear. I don't, even even if like, well, there's new, I'm like, I can't live the way that I lived for the past year anymore. Right. I can't, I, I can't fucking do it. I think the thing is, is that for a year, Republicans have been trying to say, or, or whatever, conservative people have been trying to say that like, when this is all over, they're going to make you, they, they're still going to want you to wear a mask. They're still going to be trying to control you. And I think that liberals are doing a bad job of proving them wrong right now. Yeah. And I do I do think the government health guidance is going to be a little behind. They're going to tell you to take the mask off a little behind when they could have. I understand that. In some ways, I think it's like this... Everyone agrees the government is totally incompetent, but we demand total competency during a once-in-a-lifetime crisis. Right. You know, like, oh, the government can't do anything. Ever been to the fucking post office? And then we're like, change these guidances now for a thing that's never existed in history before. Right. You know, it's it's not... We want the government to... None of us know what the fuck we're doing. We're all scrambling. We're all trying to figure it out. But we're like, well, the government should have it figured out. And I'm like, well, I literally thought the conservative thing was fuck government. Right. But your expectation of government is way too high. But But then also, they're like it's safe to reopen schools in New York and they're like fuck that you piece of shit and it's like what who like what science did you are you deciding to trust because what the, it's three feet not six feet now okay like it's safe to be outside without your mask so first off I, I actually never thought 
I thought we all were in agreement that it's... I thought we learned that, like, last summer, that it was okay to be outside without a mask. I didn't realize that that was still a debate. I don't even think... I think the UK never had masks outside. Never once. <clears throat> so it, it is It is interesting. <clears throat> and we also have to admit, with some hindsight, we don't have enough hindsight yet, but there's all, all these moral things that people put on... Trump rallies and Texas Rangers baseball games with full capacity and uh, they opened the beaches in Florida and all of these moral things that, that the uh, <laughs> health Nazis on the left said or even like MSNBC or CNN were just like, well look at this event it's murdering people and those that's not necessarily true, right? Especially the outdoor ones. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm not open up everything right now. I'm not. Maybe now I am, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I. <laughs> now I, that I'm vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. What, did you hear that part of my podcast? Yeah, I did. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I. I just. I have my own. Considering some people aren't vaccinated, and considering uh, it's still the numbers aren't awful, but they're not amazing. Well, can I? I'm going to say this now that we've reached this uh, this point in the pandemic because I've said I've got, I was going to the so it wasn't just the flu. We can all agree on that at this point. Yes. It was not just the flu. However, the flu kills between 100 and 200 people per day on average. Right. So at some point, it may not be mechanically the flu, it may not be technically the flu, but in terms of impact on human life and loss of human life, it's getting pretty fucking close to being the flu. Yes, and that's on the left. That's what's. That's what I'm trying to... That's the question. Because if you think we get to go back to normal society when coronavirus is gone, that's a long-ass time. It's probably never. And or never. You're right. Yeah. So it's like, we have to, we're talking, that's the thing we're talking about, the, the uncomfortable numbers of like, hey, let's have our life back, and if this amount of people die, we can live with that. Because we do that with other diseases. Yeah. You know, uh, and on the other side of that, to be like, to just have to be the whole time denying that it's even a big deal is equally preposterous, even more preposterous. But right. but it is like for some people, it's never going to be safe enough again, and that's a problem. That's yeah. a, that's like you gotta talk to your counselor because if you're vaccinated and you're still not leaving your house, this is now a mental health issue. Yeah, I saw this guy. So Nate Silver is a he's one of these uh, emotionless numbers fellows that I like. And uh, there's a comic, there is a comic in New York who I've texted with a decent amount in the pandemic, who uh, is an emotionless numbers guy. And I will always open our text with, uh, "Would you like to do some emotionless talk about human loss?" And he's like, "Okay, that sounds good." Uh, I'm listening. So, uh, but Nate Silver is one of these guys, and I saw a guy. He said uh, basically what we're saying, like it's somebody's being a. It is irrational to hold both of these beliefs that, like, the vaccine is the cure and that if you are vaccinated, you absolutely cannot possibly be safe without a mask or whatever. I don't remember what the exact yeah, tweet was. Yeah. 
And the person responded like, oh, so it's irrational to be afraid of dying from a thing that's killed 500,000 of my countrymen? Uh, and I might have PTSD or something like that? And I was like, no, that's what irrationality is. Yes. Like, you're trying to make irrational mean something different. PTSD is literally irrational. Yes, You feel like you're in a crisis because of a past crisis. Almost all emotions yeah. are yeah, irrational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like, okay, so if you take this the descriptor and you change the definition of it to mean something offensive uh, and then you change the facts also well now this is offensive to me also make, make sure you turn it on in on yourself that Nate Silver is somehow attacking right. you personally it's it's just like that's like our well you talked about this a little bit and I'm not trying to put anything on your daughter but you were talking about the like currency and victimhood a little bit yes and that's like that's so like this is where the hustle culture, uh, I think, we don't have any of the, like, persevere through everything. Fuck, fuck any uh, disadvantage you may have, push through it. Right. Now it's like, acknowledge your privilege, and then acknowledge your defect. Yep. And exploit your defect. Yes. Use it make make for sure that everybody knows that you have this defect and that they need to accommodate your defect, make it a real problem for them, then try to succeed. The entire internet is America's Got Talent. <laughs> In the way that it sure you can just be really good at something, but if you're really good at something and there's something wrong with you. Well, you're gonna make the finals. <laughs> you, you know, that's a great point. And I, I, that's people who aren't even trying to be singers or whatever. Just you know, yeah, definitely with my with with my daughters, it's that's what you know. And if you're not if you're not gay, pansexual, trans, uh, any of those things, then you dip into like I live with depression. Uh, I have ADHD. Uh, I uh, you know, and it's minimizing any of those things they're right. all they're all serious but it but it is it's like you know like I said on my podcast the Rutledges uh the uh the to see my well she turned 10 today my 10 year old daughter's eyes light up when she realized she knows she has ADHD but all of a sudden she realized oh I can, like, be a part of online ADHD discussions? Yeah. I'm she, like, oh, no. She had the same reaction when I saw Dogecoin was up. And I <laughs> owned some Dogecoin, you know? Yes, her internet stock just went up. Yeah. Literally. Uh, and she's not really a poster. She just kind of... She chats with her friends, and then she looks at stuff. But it's, it's just really... Um, yeah, that's a very... It's a very interesting... Uh, I thought that was between that and the the dream of being able to just be at home with no immediate responsibilities. Between that, I thought that was a very interesting thing. Go listen to the Rutledges, everybody. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was because like, I think about it all the time. It's funny how little I thought about it until we actually had a kid, and now I'm like, I try to not post a lot of pictures of her on social media. Occasionally, I have, like, one that's, like, funny enough, cute enough that I uh, have a joke, and it has to yeah. come with a joke. Um, but even those, like, I've debated, 
making like a fake Instagram that's just like only my closest friends and taking down every picture of her on social media. I didn't. I pretty, well, my wife definitely, because she's not an entertainer, so she like puts out, a, especially when they were little, we put out a ton of pictures. Right. Um, and now my kids, not my son, but my other kids are like, they want to be in my social media post. Uh, but it is, it's interesting. I don't, like my wife tags me in like first day of school pictures and I don't put it on my page because there's an unfortunate thing that happens when you're a stand-up comic is people people think how we talk is we just ball bust each other all the time, which we kind of do. Right. But it's like, it's, people start saying weird shit. Even, it's, even to myself, it's sometimes insulting. I'll just like show a picture of me on stage and people will be like, they'll say some rude shit. I'm like, fuck off. But if it's my kid, I'm like, I'm coming to your house to kill you. Like, yeah. so I, I don't want those feelings in myself. And so I'm like, I'm not letting, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this on my page, this cute picture of my 13 year old or whatever. Yeah. That's my, my wife will be like, well, she'll ask me if she can tag me in something. And I'm like, you can tag me in whatever. I might not yeah. put it to my thing, but it's not like, I've made it very clear. Like, it's not because I'm embarrassed of you. My thing says married, but it doesn't say her name. I try to like yeah. not say her name on podcasts. And I was doing that out of instinct. And then when I did the off-speed podcast a long time ago, a guy friended my wife. And then all of a sudden I was like, why is this dude, why are you friends with him? And she's like, oh, he friended me and you were a mutual friend. And I thought like, you must know him. So he's cool. And I was like, no, no, that's not, no, he's not cool. He's don't use that as the criteria because I will, I'm trying to make people listen. You know, I want people that I like and dislike to consume what I create don't make that the standard because that's a bad standard and eventually like I was like can you please just block him and then I because he was commenting like weird shit <clears throat> yeah I have actually the same with my wife I don't I'm much less public I mean I do a podcast with her that's as right. so, sadly not as public as I wanted <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> so she's a secret basically yeah. is what I'm but it, it is it's like I don't want I don't put up a ton of stuff. Even like when my memories come up and it'll be like, oh, I, this is something I said in our 15th anniversary or whatever. I tend to not even do that anymore because I just don't, I don't want the feedback. I don't want yeah. the, uh, you know, I just, there's a, a few people in particular, I should just block them probably, but it's just like every fucking post is like, here comes the roast battle. And I'm like, not for, not for my family, man. Right. You know? I even have people that aren't like comedy fans, just like, like family friends that say shit on social media where I'm like, you know, other people can read this, right? Like, like it's not even like it's embarrassing or compromising of me. I'm like, how are you not embarrassed by this? You know, like what's wrong with you that this doesn't trigger something in you? Like I should keep this thought to myself. There's a very specific commenter and I have a few of them in my life where it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just a whatever. It's a post of your fucking kid playing soccer. Right. And they're, you know, it's always two days after the post. And then they come in with their comment that's like, whatever, like, man, can't believe you're a family guy. We used to get so fucked up. And you're just like, not now, dude. You're yeah. right. We did get fucked up. But like, come on, read the room. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like, I don't know. It's always, those dudes I'm luckily like mostly excommunicated from my life. So I'm not, uh, but I'm sure like that, you know, I have friends where I'm like, I don't, first off, I have this weird thing. Jesus, with, is this Arlington? This is Arlington, baby. Holy fuck. I can see cow shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, we're we're approaching the the end of the old pot here. We got to figure out something to close it on. I might turn this thing on on the way back. This is either part one of two, or we'll see. <laughs> we're gonna have a whole. This is, I, I, I got to create some fucking content to cover my ass when I'm when I'm uh, gone for a couple weeks. Um, so should we start recording? Is this where the podcast starts? <laughs> start it up. Yeah, I have, like, friends that I... Like, you know, as you get older, you start to, like... You stop caring that people don't keep in contact with you. Yeah, of course. Yes, absolutely. So, like, we had a kid, and I have friends that are, like, kind of bitter that they're not part of my life as much. Okay. Um, But they don't have kids, right? Right. Weirdly, all of my high school friends... There's not one guy that's married or that has kids of like my five closest high school friends. One guy got married, one guy that I've, we've believed is gay for several decades now, uh, got married to this woman that did not speak English and then got divorced under suspicious. We never met her and then got divorced under like suspicious circumstances. And we're like, uh, other than that, like no marriages, no kids, um, one of them still lives with his parents, I think. Like, quite a, quite a group I'm talking about. <laughs> but, um, they, I sent, like, here's, you know, we had a baby, here she is, uh, this is her name, blah, 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 blah. And I, they were like, oh, cool. And then my one friend, he met her one time when she was very young, and then obviously this year they weren't going to meet her. Uh... And then nobody's, like, ever made an effort to try to... And I'm like, great. That's, like, way... You know, <clears throat> I don't I don't care. But also, it's going to be really bad if, like, 20 years from now, I run into them with my daughter, and they're like, your dad, we drew swastikas on him when he passed out drunk, and, like... <laughs> what I love in a... Any, it's... If you... If I have an interaction in person or online with... An, someone who's not in my life in a long time whatever high school old friend co-worker if we can just have a conversation what have you been up to how's it going you're still doing comedy I got kids you got kids and then it's just over Yeah. I'm like thank you for being a normal functioning human because this this thing when you run into people you haven't seen in 15 years and then they're like we should go to lunch we're not going to lunch yeah. <laughs> stop pretending <clears throat> there's a reason we haven't hung out in 15 years and it doesn't even mean we hate each other right it's just like we don't have to pretend anything we don't have to you know we can run into each other in the grocery store after 20 years and go sup what's up and that's enough thank thank you yeah one and this is probably like I think it's tough, too, because as boring of generic white guys as you and I are, like, 
being a comedian puts us into situations. I have more stories than everybody I went to high school with. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm not exciting at all. I'm not exciting. I'm going to have one beer tonight after my second set, <laughs> and then I'm going to pee on the way home, and that's why I'm not having two beers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's going to, it's, it, I'm not an exciting hang, but you, you see these dudes who are single, and they just are, we're going over the same stories from high school. We're, I'm fucking 34. We are 16. Our, our graduation can drive. Yes, and I have that problem too. If it's like, yeah, you want to go to lunch when you're in this town I live in when I'm doing comedy? And it's like, well, either we're going to talk about me the entire time or I'm going to very forcibly have to be like, so how's the insurance business? Right. And, and like talk about them and they don't even want to do that. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like comedians are so fucking obsessed with comedy. <laughs> They're like, I will talk to you about comedy to an annoying degree and I'm aware of that in myself right like you know I do appreciate this but my wife will be like can we not talk about comedy right now I think you said it one time it made me laugh where you were like you just like pitch merch ideas to your wife yeah which is I'm like what do you think of this shirt idea and she's just like I think I don't want to be here <laughs> <laughs> alright well we're about to pull up to this place so I guess I'll, I'm going to try to figure out make sure this thing is actually recording